0: Welcome to the Midwest Frontier Podcast, formerly known as Whistle Mission Outdoors. I am Jim. And I'm Pat. And this is a podcast dedicated to anything in the outdoors in the Midwest. We like to cover hunting, fishing, conservation, a little bit of opinion, and a little bit of lifestyle. We like to talk about the touchy and hot topics. Anything controversial that involves the outdoors. Each week we try to have a segment with Bushlight Billy where he goes over a recipe or a tip or a trick for cooking.
1: There's so much to talk about, so come and join us on the Frontier.
0: You know I already hit the record button. Oh, you did? I did. So we could start this off now or we could uh, give it a few more minutes. I'll leave it up to you. I got a Um, cup of coffee here for me. Hopefully Bill wakes up and gets over here because uh, I feel like he's a good one to add to like the real and bankcaster conversations. But what'd you do this week? Uh, this week was just, it, it was boring, man. This weather just, it, it sucks. I mean, so far, I've been dead nuts with what the weather's going to look like, yeah. you know, no, for the it, spring. We,
1: we've been through this way too many times, you know.
0: And uh, it's just, it, but like we were talking about at work uh, this week, you know, like usually in February, March, you get those freak like 70, 75 degree days, and it's windy, and it's kind of wet, yeah. and we didn't get any of that. We didn't get any of that. It's been, it's been 30 to 40 degrees for the last six weeks. and We, it's just, we did
1: get a couple 60s in there.
0: We I mean yeah quickly in the afternoon you're right the, when the sun hit just right for about 20 minutes we had 60 degree weather once or twice and that's 45 about 45 mile an hour winds Every day get, every day But
1: usually when you get that like that crazy warm spike uh this time of year it's accompanied with wind 100% of the time it's like oh, definitely. You walk outside and it's 70 degrees and still I just saying
0: what a freak because we didn't have any of those uh those freak warm days at all nothing yeah. And, uh, I mean, even in the middle of winter, I mean, winter wasn't bad, but we didn't have any like freak warm days. And then like, I got just remembered the one year, 2017, I, I had my roof put on. So at the end of February, it was 75 degrees for like three days, you know, I 70 that, degrees. Yeah. Hey, well, buddy, mine mine hit a, is uh patio poured because like the guy called up and said, Hey, the weather's coming. If you want this thing done before spring, so you have it for spring, let's do it then. He's like, yeah, come on. So, and then I'm like, yeah, let's get the roof done. And. It was like three days of beautiful weather in the middle of the week where people are working and getting things done. Those guys were happy to get to work and make some money, you know.
1: I remember I had my roof done. Now, remember, I'm crazy with remembering dates. I don't know why I remember these things, but I do. But September 16th, 2016, I want to say, I got my roof done. Yeah. And I was worried about it not having time to melt together in September. Yeah. And we had like 80-degree days for like another week. Oh, yeah. It was perfect.
0: Remember, we had to jack your roof up before that... Remember that? The patio was... Oh, yeah. We'd, we jacked that patio up a good, what? Six inches? Eight inches?
1: Uh, I would say on the one side, like six, and on the other side, maybe like two. Okay. Because whoever... Whoever put it together decided to put it together with one buys. They had wrought iron holding one buys holding the porch, yeah. which is the stupidest thing.
0: And it drooped. Like, it literally, like, you see the roof line come down and then drop a few more degrees and then keep going down. We're yeah. Like, yeah right know. at
1: that line that ends right at the house. You could tell it was, like, an add-on.
0: But I remember yeah. it was, like, an emergency job. I was on midnights at the time. And so, like, I got off work Friday and shot right up there because it's like, hey, we have to get this done because they're coming to put the roof on. Remember that? Yeah. So we had to, like, get all the posts, and we had to get the, all the jack stuff together and jack it up and then post it. And Oh, yeah. That yeah. beam's
1: still going strong. It's good. The birds, the, the, there's the smallest gap, and the birds said, hey, I can fit in there. And they chewed everything apart, not the beam so much, but to just squeeze in there. And it, it happens every year. And I, I tell myself every year, you know I'm going to put a board in that crevice, and I, I never do <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's funny the house projects that go to the wayside, you know. Yeah, I've been I've been trying to I've been in my brain I've been engineering a sump pump uh, discharge pit out in my yard for like the last five years, and uh,
1: but it's still working.
0: It's uh, oh, and but I'm talking about like something that absorbs the water and then sends it back into the ground because like right now it just goes on the lawn. Do you oh, see you my sidewalks like a, underwater? Kind of like a distribution,
1: like yeah. a backwards drain tile.
0: I was thinking of a, a pit that was uh, five feet wide by six feet long ish, filled with uh, pea gravel. So a little more than a yard of pea gravel. And then bury a pipe all the way to the bottom of that with perforated holes up to the surface. And then with a top coming out. So when the sump pump goes, it'll droop down. If it's empty, it'll take it in the rocks. If it's over full, it'll go over the top in the way it's going now.
1: So like an uber French drain.
0: Yeah, French drain, you kind of drain into it and kind of like scatters down a little bit through the rocks and stuff. I'd still be with a pipe. Oh, is that bush type Billy? Uh, He might be coming. We'll see. I
1: mean, we can wait up if you want. No, 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 no. But me and you put that French drain in my house. Remember that?
0: That wasn't really a French drain. It was. It was an idea. A French drain is like no pipe. You use. You use a trench with rocks. Oh, no, really? No pipe. That's a French drain. All right. Yeah. Well,
1: we added a, an improved French drain with um, PVC pipe, and it runs it runs the water out. What, like thirty feet? I think we did, right?
0: Oh, at least, yeah.
1: And uh, it is great. My sump pump has like. An eighth of the time that it did when I first bought the house, because like when I bought the house, you pump it out, it just come right back. Yeah, right up. next to the foundation. It's, it's like, like that, Remember, you ever seen that video of the dude in the hurricane who's taking the water and throwing it over the chain link fence? No. <laughs> he's, uh, you know, he's standing like knee deep in water. I'm sure it was a joke, but he took a bucket and he grabs the water and he throws it over the chain link fence. <laughs> it's just, I thought it was hilarious. But that's like how my sump pump was going.
0: Oh, yeah, it would be like if we were in a sinking boat and we start both start bailing, but I just throw it where you're bailing and you're throwing it where I'm bailing. Yeah. You know? Yep, and that, That's all we're doing. But, um, yeah, so other than that, I, not no real outdoorsy stuff. I haven't even really been out. And just because we keep getting the on and off rain, we're just muck. So I haven't even been out shed hunting because it's like I don't want to bring the dogs and get them filthy. It's like it, it won't dry out. It's just, it's constantly, it's not like we're gonna, we got a lot of rain, but it was like spread out, you know? Oh, well. My gauge for rain is actually in my backyard.
1: I've got this one spot where the where the grades for both houses kind of meet in the middle
0: yeah that that like
1: standard had.
0: well they grade they grade yards so the middle where the two properties meet is like the grading or the drainage you know so everything floods to that and it goes out but when that has standing water it rained man yeah
1: and it yesterday I, when I got home it did
0: so yesterday I woke up uh I had to be at work at six and on my way to work i have all my different ways of telling how much rain we got And there's a one retention pond that had a couple feet of water and i'm like man we must have got a lot of rain you know
1: very hard to tell where i work because like my my place is kind of like on an elevated thing and it's got two retention ponds near the property so very, very hard to gauge but there's a big puddle outside my bay but that's about it
0: what about you anything uh anything new this week I dove down a rabbit
1: hole. This piece I have here in front of me is part of it. Oh, yes, you did. Talk about this. Um, I'm super this new to a, it, but, so I don't really have a whole lot of information to offer you. So
0: but. before you say anything, I just want to say that when Pat finds something to do, he dives in head first, money is no option, no budget, carte blanche. That is just not true in this case. Uh, no, it's still it's still kind of true. I know you shop around a little bit, but I remember this: golf, archery, guns, uh you right. Dude, this this
1: actually goes right along with archery, and oh, we must be talking about. All right, go ahead into your thing. Maybe we must be talking about two different things. Then go ahead. Well, no. Okay, so I, I'm no, I am talking about what you're thinking about. Um, I'm gonna get into reloading. I got a membership at a. does uh, that have
0: to do with archery?
1: Because it's it's all about calculating your loads and stuff like that. Th- this would be like
0: that you, is the farthest thing from archery.
1: You buying ammo from the store is like saying, "Hey, I trust what you're doing. It's gonna be the exact same and they straight up say like every manufacturer makes their bullets like a little bit smaller so they always don't have a problem feeding, no matter what you're shooting. So you can kind of tailor it to your gun and make it more accurate and blah 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 blah. And long run it's cheaper.
0: And you so you're saying this has more to do with archery than it does firearms?
1: No, I'm saying that it crosses right up with archery because you're you know, I cut my arrows to a length that, you know, helps the tune better. It's it's all the it's it's pretty much the same thing. It's just a different uh, medium of shooting, you know. <laughs> Jim's looking just, at me like I'm an idiot. Uh,
0: I just like when oh, you go. No, this goes along with archery. I'm reloading bullets. <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway, yeah, I, I I am reloading bullets. You can go online and buy a kit for $500, 550 bucks. You can buy like a real cheap one for three hundred bucks. But I've watched a lot of videos. I looked up a lot of information. All the stuff in that kit. They basically give you the one thing that you need and then you got to go buy more. So I got all spooled up for like 325 bucks.
0: Oh yeah, I think you did good. I think I, I think you did. I just like teasing cuz I just know when you find something and I I know Dan Brod's going to listen to this and he's going to be laughing cuz he knows exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. He knows exactly what I'm talking about. Well, the good news is, is I've I've done so many things that I'm kind of
1: running out of stuff to find.
0: Oh yeah, you haven't t- taken up fly fishing yet. You just wait. Yeah. That is a money pit. But it's worth it because it's awesome.
1: Guns, guns are a money pit. Yeah, damn.
0: I see. I love guns, support guns, and all that. But I don't have a lot of them. I, I have what I need for different purposes. And uh, but I, I'm not a collector by any means. By any means, I, I not that I'm opposed to it. But the only reason why I'm not is because every time you make a move, it's five hundred, thousand, twenty five hundred, somewhere in there. It's not like you could just pick up like musky lures for 20, 30 bucks. You know, so it's hundreds and thousands of dollars all at once.
1: I. Have a I had a great idea when your son was born, and this is going to be true if I don't have a son. You know, if I I, I have this personal belief that I'm gonna have like three daughters. Don't know why. It's okay. I've always felt that way.
0: I, I honestly did not care. I'm not even trying to. I'm not saying that now that I have a boy or nothing. When she when she when we found out she was pregnant, I didn't care what the gender was. I just wanted a fat, healthy baby. But you know?
1: because because I bought this rifle within a day or two of your son being born, was when I ordered it. Um. I intended in giving it to him, and it's like,
0: unless you, know, you have sons, but even your daughters. I mean, if you're gonna you no, have daughters, they're oh not yeah. gonna shoot, man. They're gonna be out there in a little dress, yeah. <laughs> and
1: then all the boys are gonna be like, "Wow, you know, <laughs> you know, that girl's got really broad shoulders. It's okay, because <laughs> Caitlin's got broad shoulders. I've got broad as hell shoulders. But anyway, uh so I bought that rifle. I'm like, you know what? Like, I do want to shoot more. You know, and I, I when the pandemic started I had a thing to get into that sportsman's club that everybody talks about around yeah. here. I don't know if I want to mention the name. Yeah, I'm doing uh, Aurora Sportsman's Club.
0: Yeah, it's a big deal. I mean, it's not like anybody around if you live within a couple hours of Chicago, you probably know that name because people from all over come I mean you if you have to show that you can do it, but they'll let you shoot six hundred yards there. Nowhere around here has that kind of range. And that was my whole thing. It's like so I'm
1: I bought that rifle for an elk hunt that I'm doing years from now. Say probably next fall. I
0: thought you're going this year.
1: No, not this year. No,
0: no. Oh, that's what you were saying originally. No, 24. What changed that? Wedding.
1: Yeah. No, the wedding definitely. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm what? excited about the wedding. You, Every, wait.
0: you wait till next fall when she's all knocked up. Let me know. Uh. That's the thing. That's the
1: thing. It's like, I, um, you know, I, I want to. Me and Dan, me and Dan have been planning this obviously, and uh, you know, he, you know, they may get pregnant. We may get pregnant. You know. Who knows? Yeah,
0: too bad we didn't synchronize all this stuff because like next fall I'd probably be ready for it. This fall, no, but next fall I'd probably be ready to go. And, but you and, we
1: still can't. We have nothing written in stone anywhere.
0: Oh yeah. But I mean I'd probably fall of twenty And most people go this year. He's just he's just too small and we're still sorting a lot of things out, but fall of twenty twenty four probably but as long as she's you know we i go knocking her up on accident again you know all that goes to the wayside too so i just gotta play it day by day you so know let me give you the chain of events my very
1: first gun was a bolt gun because i've always been crazy about like wanting a bolt gun and it's not because i can want to feel like a badass or a sniper or whatever i just think they're super cool can't explain why it's like a super simple well thing. no
0: so i was watching uh some grand thumb my favorite like tactical oh, military yeah. guy i've seen that guy yeah and I think it was his channel at least, but the the military went back to bolt action rifles. Remember they were big on the M1 Garand, or not the M1 Garand. It the was M1 still
1: Grand is an infantry rifle. No, no, it no. Hold no, on, I
0: screwed up. Rifle. Let me think. It was the uh, Barrett, the you know the Barrett the 50 cal. It yeah. was a semi automatic. And they're like, you know what? There's a lot of times when we fire around, we don't want a shell flying away. You know, it's so secret. We got one shot, and you get this big 50 millimeter uh, or uh, 50 caliber cartridge flying around. So they actually went back to bolt action. Like The future sniper rifles are going to be bolt action, he said.
1: The other thing, too, they're inherently lighter, um, which makes them better for hunting.
0: You don't you don't have uh, pressure waste trying to reload the... Uh, yeah, that's the main thing, thing, yeah. Um, you you know, put you all that make, energy
1: into the round. You can make more consistent right, like loads and stuff like that. The, the other thing, too... Well, okay, let, let, let me give the, through, go through the chain of events. I've always loved bolt guns. I bought a 6.5 Creedmoor. And, shit, it's like six years ago now. But uh, this thing is insanely heavy. It is 12 to 14 pounds. Yeah, it is a big gun. And when you're holding it, you're like, man, how can I shoulder this thing if I was going hunting? So then I looked into, okay, I'm going to put a lighter barrel on this thing because it's got a bull barrel. I'm like, I'm going to put a lighter barrel on this thing to take it hunting. Like, I think it'd be cool. And uh, the logistics behind that, trying to get somebody to do it, um, it, it just wasn't worth it. Plus, the 6.5 is kind of weak for elk, so, you know, some people say. So then I started looking into, I'm going to get a new rifle. And then,
0: hey, not to cut you off, but Bush, Bush like Billy's gonna be coming down here in a second. Too, oh, okay. So.
1: Well, I'll, I'll wrap this up pretty quick. So then I'm like, okay, what hunting cartridge? And then I was like, okay, we're gonna do 300 Win Mag, because uh, if if Dan buys a rifle, he's gonna get the same caliber as me. Well, you ever seen the price on shooting a 300 Win Mag? No, it is 55 to 60 dollars for cheap ammo per 20.
0: Oh yeah, I, I imagine that Creedmoor wasn't cheap either. That no Creedmoor is less than half that price. I know, but compared to I like shooting my five five six, and uh, yeah, Creedmoor is expensive compared to five five six. So you go out there and you blow out twenty rounds, and you you spent
1: a lot of your time, you know, that you earned in money. But uh, so then I'm like, okay, I'm gonna get a light hunting rifle. Then I started looking into stuff, and I ended up buying a Weatherby because I, they're made in America. The one I got is made in America. It's awesome. I so anyway so i'm like now i really want to get back into shooting i would like to do long range stuff i'd like to confidently shoot at least like 400 ish yards um buying finding now you can find ammo right but this bullet's not going to shoot like that bullet this manufacturer's not going to make that bullet like that manufacturer so this is a way for you to not break the bank trying to get your consistency and that's why i dove into it and i'm like only 350 bucks to start this now there's other problems like finding primers powder that's the big headache but Bushlight
0: uh, Billy's here. Let me see if I can turn his microphone on easily. I think it's on, Bill. Give me a, give me a test, test.
1: Ooh, test, test.
0: Yeah. Okay. Bushlight Billy's in the game now.
1: Did you decide to do away with the cans and just put it in a half gallon jug? <laughs> yeah. No.
0: We we're it recording makes... at like seven twenty-two in the morning right now, so no Bushlight Billy. No Bushlight from Bushlight Billy today, Not unless you want to. You know, we can go. We can stop what we're doing. Go get a quick twelve pack. <laughs> I don't know. I've not had Bushlight in a few days. Do you do you carry that around every day? Yeah.
2: Oh, I dude, drink about one it. at least one. So what Pat's talking about, I've got like a 64-ounce uh, water jug, but I carry that around everywhere I go. I drink at least one a day.
1: That's my staple. I've got mine in my car. I've got like three of them, I think.
0: Hey, can I run through a couple news things real quick? Yeah. Uh, okay. There's just some big important things I want to talk about. Um, one, in Minnesota, they caught 30 invasive carp by of the Mississippi River. So they're really panicked about that because they don't really have a plan in place. So. That was the first thing, and then uh, I got like a Great Lakes thing that came up, and I'm gonna kind of tie this together. Yeah. Um, but how long does it take for water to flow out of each Great Lake?
1: Oh, you saw this article too? Yeah. Did you read it? I didn't read it, but I did hear in that book that it was—I I, want to say like maybe a week or two.
0: No, that's how that's how long it takes the zebra mussels to filter it. Now I'm talking about like if this drop of water lands in here, how long before it goes through everything and gone? Two years. This is interesting. So I'm going to start with Lake Huron. All right, it feeds two more lakes. I'm going to give you that. So how many years do you think a drop of water lasts in uh, Lake Huron? Let's say a cup of water. A cup of water. How long does a cup of water last in Lake Huron before it's gone? I don't know. Like if you dump it here, how long does it last?
1: I'm going to get three years. Pat? I'm going to say with a couple months.
0: Twenty-two years. It stays in that lake. All right. Hmm. Lake Erie. It's the shortest. Because it's so slow. It's less than 22 years. It's the shortest because it's so shallow. That's slow. Shallow. That
1: that one was a very short period of time, I know.
0: Three years. Lake Ontario, it's the smallest in surface area, and it dumps in, you know, over Niagara. But how long do you think it lasts in in Lake Ontario?
1: I'm going to say seven years. Six
0: years. Ooh, close. All right, now we're getting into the two big boys. So Lake Michigan. It's the inlet. The inlet and the outlet of Lake Michigan is the same. It's the Straits of Mackinac. It's the same inlet and the same outlet. All right, how many years total? If you dump a cup of water in, Michi- uh, in Chicago, without evaporation, obviously, but just flow, how long before that cup of water is replaced?
1: Um, because of the Mississippi and
0: stuff like that, um, it doesn't hook to the Mississippi except for the Sanitarian Ship Canal.
1: Oh, maybe not then. Well, that's what I was thinking of. It's got the you got the Sanitary Ship Canal, you have got the Cal Sag, you have got all sorts of stuff.
0: Okay, so you don't you you walk off a Diversity Harbor and dump a. A cup of water. In forty there. years. No? fifty. Ninety nine. Ninety nine years it sits in there. Now Lake Superior. Okay, you walk off a Marquette and bloop, dump a cup of water. How long is that in there? Two fifty.
1: Now I'm assuming they're they're thinking that this glass goes to the bottom, hangs out, and says, "You know what? My time is up."
0: That's a. I'm just saying, evaporation gone. You uh, know, take take that out of it. But uh, I
1: have two like yeah, two seventy five. Oh, oh, you know what? I'll do this. Two forty
0: nine yeah 191 oh man We're 191 years of water sits in lake superior the entire journey so you you go you go to like duluth minnesota and pour, pour a cup of water in there that's going to flow through the great lakes all the way down over niagara falls how long would that cup of water take to get there Add all up <laughs> yeah <laughs> what do you get uh, 321 years no kidding. Now, I'm, I'm
1: going to call BS on that because because of the Straits of Mackinac thing. This is assuming that the water makes a grand tour and stops at every restaurant and does that. It would just flow right off the top of Lake Michigan.
0: Hey, I'm just, just going over an article I read. I didn't do this study myself.
1: Via the Straits of Mackinac. <laughs> um,
0: but then Dan sent us an article uh, that I wanted to say that uh, Army Corps delays decision on Great Lakes oil tunnel. ABC 7. I did read this one. So that Enbridge, remember that line 5 yep. going through? So they're trying to do it under the Straits of Mackinac in Lake Michigan. And so now the Army Corps has to like redo a, a report. The report won't be out and, uh, before, what did it say, uh, 2026. And even if everything goes good, it won't be done before 2030. But um, if they want to run it through the Straits of Mackinac. A lot of pushback due to potential environmental issues. Bay Mills Indian Community says it would ha- harm sensitive wetlands, rare plants, and cultural artifacts. So they're trying to bury an oil line under Lake Michigan right now.
1: I I know I've beaten the crap out of this drum, which is now turned into a dead horse. But uh, this is this is the largest freshwater supply in the world, and we're gonna really—you never mentioned that we're gonna run water or we're gonna run oil underneath it.
0: Doesn't that sound like a disaster? Oh, I agree. I'm not even going into it because I mean, you know how we feel. But I just want everybody to know that that's on the radar. That's that's being talked about. There's also a there's also
1: a warming thing, where the oil. Uh, they have to heat the oil to flow it,
0: yeah. I mean, look at the archery club we hang out at, yeah. It'll be six That's inches of snow ground, and uh, we'll be walking a dirt path because the oil underneath it'll be it.
2: walking wet, soggy, yeah. It's muddy, yeah.
0: It's now, a, is that
2: right here in the neighborhood? Is that the lake? same oil,
0: yeah? Same oil line, yeah, yeah. We actually got one that runs right through the neighborhood path. There's an easement over there, it makes for big backyards for those people, though,
2: yeah. Real nice,
1: so why not make a route around, you know what I mean? I'm sure, there's a way,
0: um couple of updates from last week so i got one from brad brad called me and told me everything you said doesn't matter he says it fishing line doesn't start before 55 pound braid (laughs) (laughs) and then uh cal was upset that we did not explain the difference between braid and mono we just went into it she goes you assume everybody that's listening knows what that is i'm like well she's got a point i know but i mean like kind of i mean
1: there is one thing um what is the actual material
0: that each strand of braid is actually made out of? I don't know. I didn't dive into that. It doesn't really matter that much to me. Why? Do you know, or are you just asking? No, because
1: that would be the true difference. I mean, you could just say that braid is several strands, almost like a wire rope. I'm sure people was Isn't that what that, that spectra even.
0: and dyneema mean? Isn't that what it makes it? I mean. That's the type of weave
2: they have. Oh, I gotcha. Gotcha. I'm sure it's just some type of plastic.
0: Yeah, I'm sure it's all, yeah, it's some sort of polypropylene or uh, something. You Whereas know?
2: mono is
1: more like a polymer.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's plastic. Now, it I
0: did get
1: another question um, via Chris. What is the true difference between mono
0: and fluoro? That I don't know. Yeah, I really I don't. I don't know. I know fluoro just, it, it, the one thing I know about it is it's a lot tougher of a line to break. I don't know if it has more stretching power, if it has more elasticity, if it doesn't break so soon. My
1: guess, right off the top, is that it's an improved polymer.
2: Yeah, I think it's just uh, it's more stretchy. Like it has a higher stretch capacity than mono because I feel like mono, if you just pull on it, it it'll yeah. snap. Yeah, because like braid, all my, or um, I'm sorry, whereas uh, fluoro, it's gonna be hard to snap that.
1: So if yeah, if you had it on a graph, like the elasticity would bounce back. Yeah.
2: Right.
0: Yeah, I mean, I just know with P line, I have a lot harder time breaking that than I do strand.
2: Good questions. You know, do some research on them.
0: But I don't actually know. I just know when I look at just monofilament, it's like ah, that's weaker than fluorocarbon. You know, but they act yeah. very similar.
2: Fifty five pound
1: braid is just big.
0: That's what he throws. He says he that's, that's what he throws rattle traps with, and he says yeah. don't. I don't even entertain that other stuff. You know.
1: <laughs> yeah, you can cast real far when the line casts You know,
0: like I love that guy. Like you're just throwing a rope with a rod. So we did, this will be our second episode. We're going over bait cast versus spinning reels. And Cal told me to go explain, you know, so bait cast is the one that's like a winch, you know, where they're, when you crank, when you crank the handle on a, on a bait cast, you spin the spool, a spinning, you crank the bale, the bail grows around.
1: I, I have a... Otherwise known as open face. I have a better way to explain it. Think about the axis in which the spool is. You have one that's facing the line or perpendicular to your rod, which is bait cast. And then you have one that's parallel with your rod. How is it
0: better? I just said when you crank it, the uh, spool spins versus the bail spins.
1: Well, th- th- okay, no, we're gonna get into
0: X's and X and Y, and this is easier. Trust me, guys, watch this. No,
1: I'm just I'm just saying that one is parallel with the rod, the other one is perpendicular. That's all. Yeah, that's
0: it. But with our uh, versus thing that we've been doing braid and then you know now reels and all that, I was wondering if we want to do a couple more of these, and I had some ideas uh, for like if we want to do versus next week, next couple weeks. So a couple, I, th- these are these aren't ones I necessarily want to do. They're just like what popped into my head. But I think we could do a four stroke versus two stroke outboard. All right, that could be one.
2: Man, that's <laughs> that's all you guys.
0: <laughs> no, I mean you got experience of both. Well, technically,
2: you're, it's yeah. easier to start a <laughs> four stroke. That's for sure. Um, the old twenty five horse. But
1: there are some interesting differences that they had on. They had point on like right at the beginning, which is yeah. cool.
0: Yeah. Um, crankbaits versus soft plastics. That's one I thought, uh... That's like
2: comparing... What are those?
1: That's like comparing socks versus bare feet. I mean,
0: it's like, yeah, one is...
1: Well, I actually, socks on, the other one's bare feet. No, I,
2: I just had a dream, like, tonight, or last night, about you. Oh, yeah? We were fly fishing the creek. You were fly fishing the creek, and I was using jigs and soft plastics, and then, uh, we could only... For some reason, I had my, my gun with me, and we could only fit seven of the eight rounds in one of the magazines. And I said, oh, yeah, the spring in this one is is tough. You can never get eight rounds in there.
0: This is a great story. It was weird.
2: I don't know. There's I just, I so just remembered it. as you tar- started, started talking about soft plastics, I was like, oh, that's right. I was using soft plastics in the creek, and you were fly fishing, and then I had my gun with me. I don't know.
1: I wish I had dreams like that. You know what my dream was last night? Huh? I had a dream that I was at some sort of conference with the leader of China, and I had to run down a staircase because nuclear missiles were heading towards the United States. That's Jesus Christ. Because something in that office happened that I, like, it's not me that pissed them off. I was just, like, a reporter in this scenario.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'd rather have dreams like mine.
1: And some other country like Japan or, like, the Philippines or something like that, like,
0: egged it on and, like. I think you guys just saw a squirrel. That's what I think.
2: No, I swear to God, I had this. I as soon as you said soft plastics, no, I was I like, that's right. Saying.
0: I was fishing with soft plastics. What's then? I, I get
1: what you're saying. But go ahead. Keep going. Yeah,
2: sorry.
0: Uh, so, but crankbaits versus soft plastics was an idea and then rowing versus paddling. Those are just some examples I had, but something to kind of jar your brain to think about. Cause I, I kind of like this versus thing because there is a lot of like things to talk about. With, yeah. There's back and know? forth for sure. Like for instance, when I'm doing this, this episode this week, uh, I was writing things down and it's like, I didn't like really realize I, it's just inherent to me. Oh, I got to take a spinning reel because I'm doing this. I got to take a bait cast cause I'm doing that. And yeah. it's like things you don't think about, but you do, you know? So I think it it's kind of fun to do these, you know? I like it's, it. So, but something to think about, the versus thing. So, do you want to do bush Light billy real quick or no?
2: Do you got anything? I was going to have a nice bush Light billy for you this week. I was going to smoke a uh, chuck roast this weekend, but uh, I haven't gone about 10 feet from the toilet um, in the Ooh. past 48 hours, so.
1: Oh, hence the water?
2: allergies. <laughs> water
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I got some nasty.
2: <laughs> I had like food poisoning or something, man. Honestly, it was bad. Like, it was like scary bad, like. I'm still sore from it. You You
1: don't have like autoimmune stuff, right?
2: No, I honestly, it was this food poisoning. I'm 99% sure, but I haven't gone 10 feet from the toilet in the past 48 hours. Actually, today's the first day I woke up hungry.
1: Do you eat bananas? Yeah. Uh, have you eaten a banana recently?
2: Not in the past 48 hours.
1: Um, go slam yourself two bananas.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Did I was on a bachelor party once had the same problem. Couldn't keep anything down or in, and, uh, Dan Brock just had two bananas. He's like, You want a banana? I'm like, Oh. So I ate two bananas, totally fixed. And <laughs> I had been having that problem for like three or four days.
2: Interesting. Yeah. Oh, I have bananas at home too.
0: So uh, no Bush Light Billy this no week? No Bush
2: Light Billy this week. I apologize. Oh, no. I had, I, a, I, I had a big plan for it and yeah, never
0: mind. Oh, yeah. Things happen. You know, those allergies. Or no, it wasn't allergies. It was, you're not sick. It was something else.
2: It was food. I swear to God, it, it came on. <laughs> Jim, well, Jim lays it on thicker. Right? The <laughs> way, fact yeah. that it came on like it, it came on at three o'clock in the morning and then. It stayed there, and then like yesterday in the oh, I afternoon, I was just like, I was, I was better, and now today I'm like, man, I'm hungry. I don't have any food at home.
0: I just I tease Bill because every time he gets sick, he's not sick. It's something. No, no, I'm not. I, it's not a cold. I got allergies because they were sweeping the floor, and it's, he had this whole thing, you know. And it turns out no, he's just sick. And then it's no. like, no, 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 I'm not sick. I'm not sick. I must eat something funny. So I just tease him because the last time he's like, it's just allergies from sweeping the floor. Then him and you know? Kel get sick. Yeah, and then we were sick for two weeks. You know.
2: Oh, well, allergies. Yeah, yeah I, I told you aller- you guys got allergies too. Yeah.
0: See. Anyway, anyway. You, you want to move on to bait cast versus spinning? Yeah. So no, I'll, I'll let you start it off. Well, then. I just wanted to say, so the bait cast is like a winch, and the spinning is, or open face. A lot of, You'll hear a lot of people say open face, open face, open face. That's and we more, probably used to say that too, but then it just down, went to spinning. Oh. Yeah. So uh, well, you don't want to start it off, Bay? You don't
1: got the first one? So I do have the first one. So I'll, I'll start off with spinning because we started off with spinning. Now, this is if you move past the push button. You know what I mean? Spin cast. We're not talking about that. Uh, I remember dad gave me a Zebco, and he was teaching me how to throw a spinning reel, and it was like a big deal. Zebco um, was like one of the original spinning rods, or spinning
0: reels. Yeah.
1: And uh, so I thought like that was like the original one, you know, because I was a dumb kid. Yeah. But when I learned it, I loved it, and uh, I never looked back t- until I found Bay casting <laughs>
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So my, my big pro with spinning is if you're out on a trip and you don't want to carry spools of line, you, you know, because I use mono with most spinning applications, right? You can carry extra spools of line and just, and it's on. Yeah. And you're you're yeah. fully spooled up again. So. That's true.
0: I could, I could put line on a reel so fast that I'd just rather carry a spool of 800 yards or whatever I'm using. And if it if worse comes to worse, I could just spin a new Well, what about like a waiting of? trip? Uh, I carry a lot of stuff waiting. I I even have a first aid kit with me when I'm waiting. So, okay. but I mean, I, I, you just learn how to pack and you learn how to cut. You know, do you need to bring, you know, a bag of Beanie Babies with you for a day trip? <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: so well, we went on a canoe trip. Dad's not, <laughs> not happy about this. And I was like eight. We were oh, still in the old eight. House. Eight at the oldest. Yeah. And uh, back in the remember the Beanie Baby craze. Oh yeah. You know. So I,
1: th- I threw some Beanie Babies in my
0: bag. We were like My dad's up like, the babies. Babies. <laughs> you're bringing beanie babies. No, dad found out on the water. Oh, really? Yeah, no, dad, he found out in no, the car. No, in the no, 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 no. We were going down. You guys were in a blue canoe, and I remember dad looking for something in a bag. You know how dad's got a thousand bags everywhere he goes. Little ba- Everything's a little pouch, no bigger than that mouse pad. We're going to ask dad about this. Okay. Dude, you cannot butter him up, and neither will I. We're going to I tell you, ask he him. I found you, he found out the water was swelled that day. It was like a seven mile an hour current. And me and Joe were in the old iron boat that we called it. And then, but dad was looking for something and he opened up a bag and he says, what are there beanie babies in here for? But we were on the Kinkakee River when he found out. And Pat just threw a bag of beanie babies in there. Okay, we're going to wrap this up, but I'm going (laughs) to clarify.
1: We were in the driveway and we had the van, remember? We had the van. Um, And in the back of the van, I had this bag and dad found it. He's like, what do you
0: you need beanie babies for? No. No, it was in a boat. (laughs) It was in the boat. I anyway. Anyway, bait cast versus spinning. So the first thing I put, because I think just by the most important thing when you're thinking about it, is baitcast cast is much harder to learn
2: yes. than Way, spinning. Way yes. harder to learn. I would say, like, you know, you kind of graduate from spin cast, and then you go to spinning.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like the progression of things. Yeah,
2: like that's the intermediate, and then when you go to, like, I would, I don't want to say expert, you know, but when you get more advanced and you get more into fishing, then you graduate to baitcast. cast.
1: But... Uh, to me, it just is a different application. So when I'm throwing lighter stuff, I'm spinning. When I'm throwing heavier stuff,
0: I oh, we're gonna get into all that. But I'm just saying, if I had to teach somebody that's never fished before right now how to throw a cast, I'm gonna get them casting in five minutes or less with a spinning, and two years with a bait cast. Yeah. You know. Um, the other thing with bait cast I have is not as cheap. Like it just like there's no like twenty dollar option like there is spinning. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Like you can. There's really low end spinning reels. And there's real high end spinning reels even even same.
1: your you know it's kind of like pizza
0: even when they're bad
1: they're, they're still pretty good yeah, yeah. Right. you know
0: well like i bought this uh if anybody knows what it is it's an abu garcia cardinal you've seen me use that mm-hmm. one it was uh and uh I bought that for I don't know 30 40 bucks probably 10 years ago That thing's still alive. Yeah. Every now and then the bale doesn't snap closed, you know, but uh most of the time it does, but just every now and then you start cranking it, the bail, spring is not strong enough to so close it.
1: I've bought about 50 ultralight reels because I destroy them waiting or at least I used to. And uh or the last two that I've done, I used them so much that the little paddle that's on the end of the crank like deteriorates. So
0: that's okay, <laughs> I let that pause out. we just kind of me and Bill just kind of like just slipped into neutral <laughs> well, no, and stared at Pat for a minute.
2: A, I was thinking about the pale Oh, on the end of the crank. I'm thinking, never mind. You know,
1: like where your thumb grab. Yeah, like I've, the last two ones that I've owned. Granted, they were twenty dollar reels. They just like deteriorated. Yeah, but apart. they
2: they like, they don't like fall apart. They just deteriorate. You yeah. know, it's not they last. They Still work,
1: and when you go waiting with a spinning reel, you'll crank it and you'll oh, yeah, you know.
0: So, the one thing I I have it further down the list, but I'm gonna say it it now is uh, like when I'm saying all this stuff, like the difference between it's kind of like size for size, you know, like Mm -hmm. uh, gotcha. So, but like the one advantage I'm gonna say with Baycast for the power that it has, they are a lot smaller, like to get the same size reel and spinning is a giant reel, yeah, versus. A bait cast. Yep. You know, bait cast, you look at the power a little low profile has. Now, these things have over 20 pounds of drag on them. They fit right in your hand. You know what you need for, I mean, a spinning? I mean, that thing's going to be like a catfish rod. Mm-hmm. You know, a big old spinning reel. The other thing, too, is they hold
1: more line. Bait casters hold more line.
0: So I was going to say that with line capacity, they do hold a lot more line versus uh, they've got way better line capacity than spinning. Mm-hmm. One thing,
1: uh, if we're talking size for size, a bait caster, as you lose line— the um diameter of the spool changes, so you crank and you know you crank slower as you lose line. Cause yeah it, cha- it kind of changes the gear ratio in a way, yeah yeah Whereas it's It's always the same,
0: you know like when you got a bigger diameter spool, every time it spins around once you know versus it it'll be two feet this time, and then by the time you get down, it's one foot so you got crank, crank twice as much to get. The same amount of line in, That's
2: right? one thing I don't know if you have on your list, but bait cast you can get in, like, super high gear ratios. I do have that. So
0: that was one thing. I forget where I have it. So the gear ratios are a
2: lot higher in baitcast. Oh, cast. God, yeah. You know, like, uh,
0: I mean, I'm sure they have high ones in spinning.
2: But mean, what the one did you guys just get, 6.3 or 6.6? It was something like that, 6. 6.6. I, I want to say 6.8. And uh, 6.8. that was the
0: slow option. So, yeah, I didn't want the, the 9.8 9. or whatever it was to one. I didn't want that one. That's stupid. So, I got the, I know that I is stupid. A 7. 8.
1: There was a 7.8 or an 8.8. No, the
0: one I, I was looking at was nine. It was, it was three. Yeah, that's just stupid fast. it's Yeah, I mean, it, I think they said with every crank, it's like, I think they said like 28 inches every time you spin the. My God. Yeah, I mean, it
1: was like. There is like a flow thing with, you know, with obviously gear ratio. You know, the lower the gear ratio, the more you'll be able to crank, right? Your drag is going to be the thing that limits that. But, uh, it's all about what rhythm you could keep with your hand if you're using certain speed lures, right? Yeah,
2: and what you like, I, I can't imagine like a nine- point I can only imagine like a couple of instances where I would need to crank that or pull something in that fast.
1: But it's so much harder to keep rhythm when you have to like kind of, when you're, like, going you' have slow, to go slow, right: Yeah, so much harder to keep rhythm:
0: with a uh, spinning rail.
2: No, with a bait cast no, Or like a nine catch. point whatever. Oh, you with a super high gear ratio. Yeah,
0: I never tried one. So I really don't know. You, I don't might, know. you might love it because I mean, I think the fastest one, probably that that one I just got. It's the fastest, six point something oh one. I don't have anything higher than that. But that was ten years ago. That was unheard of. Yeah, what, like what are your? Something. Uh, my C threes are like five point three, I think, and then the C fours are six point four. And uh
2: yeah, my low profile, it's like a, it's like a five point something. I don't like, believe in super high gear ratios. To be completely honest with you,
0: no, because I mean. Yeah. I just don't see high speed applications for cranking. I just, I mean, at least the way I fish.
1: Yeah, what fish is gonna be able to swim thirty miles an hour? Something you're raking across the top of the lake. Well, for
0: instance, that that uh, C4, that Abu C4, that's such a high gear ratio. It's really even as Bill, he's got one. It's it's a pain to pull big bucktails with. It is because like you're sitting there and your for sure. forearms are pumping, man, like trying to get this thing in. So it, I, I like my C3 for that because more of a winch, lower gear ratios for winching.
2: Yeah. You're cranking a million miles an hour trying to try get this thing started, you know. Um,
0: you guys anything else you want to throw in there?
1: If we're talking size for size, uh, I really do think that most uh, bait casting reels offer a higher drag.
0: So I was looking into that, and it's not as big of a difference. You're right, but it's not as big of a difference as you think. It's Because uh, I looked up all the reels I have, and the highest reel I have by specs is like 22 pounds of drag, all right, and then my one spinning reel, my Daiwa, I think it's Regal, is the brand, is the model on it. It's got like eighteen pounds of drag on a spinning reel. So yes, it's higher, but it's not like you know twice as much. The other thing too that
1: in the drag conversation or tension conversation, the on a spinning reel, the line has to take an additional ninety to get. Yeah,
0: it. oh yeah, you you definitely lose a little bit of advantage with that. So the one thing I was going to say, let's throw this in there with that, is. It's spinning reel naturally twists the line because of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get, a, you get a lot less a lot less uh, line twist with a bait cast. A lot yeah, less. that's true.
1: Yeah, I, I guess the best way to explain spinning versus bait cast is if you if you took a spool like of like knitting line or whatever they call that, um, and you wrapped your hand around the spool to reel up the line, right? Or you just spun the spool, right? That's the
2: best way to explain. yeah, yeah, yeah you're always going to get that twist. So that was one thing I put in here
0: is a uh, huge difference between bay cast is the in a bay cast, the spool spins, and in the spinning, the spool is always stationary. Oh, you sorry. wind things around the spool. Sorry yeah. to steal your thunder. Oh, no. You guys can list them off. I, this is all stuff I thought of, and I figured if you guys came up with it. We're all thinking of the same stuff. You know. Yeah, yeah, we use the same reels. But, yeah, that's the biggest thing. So when you turn the handle of a bay cast, you're spinning the spool. When you turn the handle of a spinning reel, it's winding it around the spool.
1: Now, when it comes to the Which causes stuff. twist. If we're still going size for size, what comes to like what, what is the biggest advantage of bait casting over spinning in the bigger stuff? When you throw that cast with a spinning line, you better be on point. Because if you got to slow it down at all, you're closing the bail.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're snapping it closed. And that's the one thing I love about bait casts because you're always feathering it with your thumb. It's like free, and then you feather and you slow it down. I don't use the magnetic brakes and all the like little band-aids to fix a bad cast. So I'd like my my uh, brake is off, and my magnetic brake is off, and I just get really good with my thumb. everything I could I just know. you can hear it, you can feel it. Yeah. You know. so with bait casting, you get to control
1: the tension with your thumb with spinning it's you're sending a prayer out there, and the the lure is completely free, like almost like you threw it. You, you know it's one
0: thing that just came with you saying that when you with your thumb, but just it just came into my mind, right the second. The one thing that's really nice about bait casting is when you go to set the hook. You could bury your thumb and get a good hook set, and then have light drag after yeah, that. Yeah, it's like uh, mm-hmm. you know how
1: they do the fighting drag thing on some spinning
0: reels. Yeah, that's kind of a dying thing, but yeah, it is. It's well, um, it's like high end, high end. You might find a couple of them, but Shimano they used to put them on like half the reels, and then now they're gone.
1: Getting antiquated, yeah. Now you yeah. could still do that, but you'd have to you'd have to lift you'd have to lift the line up and squeeze it against the rod for spinning.
0: Oh, yeah, but, like, uh, there's just, you know, times it's cranking, and, and it, I just immediately bury my thumb trying to rip a a, a hook set. But with with spinning, you still hook set, but I, I usually use light drag on everything. So, I mean, like, I'd say about one-third the line capacity, you know. So, if it's 10-pound line, say, you know, three pounds to pull it out, four pounds to pull it out, you know, something in that range.
2: That's, like, instinct to bury your thumb, though, you know. It is instinct. It is. Like-
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And the the
0: cool part about that is if you're trying to pull through like weeds
1: or you get like a snag, yeah, you could just bury your thumb and give it a little, wink, wink, and yeah, you know, you know you'll
2: get a better feel that. of it. I didn't even think about that. I do that too. You're-
0: yeah, you bury you bury your thumb. I didn't, didn't realize it either. Um, that's why I like doing these verses because like that's the things like you don't realize you do. Yeah, it's like instinctive.
1: The other cool thing is with bait casting, you naturally get less. Uh, well, uh I can't think of the name now, or I can't think of the word, but you know how like when a lure, oh, following. You get less fouling with a baitcaster because you're controlling the direction of the lure to the line the whole time. Following? Fouling. Oh, following.
0: fouling. I like, did you then you say following or did you did no, you fouling? I heard, heard fouling. Oh.
1: Um, so in other words, you get to point the lure straight in the direction that is in the line whereas a whereas a spinning reel, it'll tumble and there's no way to control it.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's more lure specific I would say than Yeah, but uh, reel specific. Th-
1: that was the the I guess the caveat is that if you have a lure that needs to have the direction controlled,
0: bait casting is the way to go. Oh, I think it's way more accurate of a way.
2: That was that was your... Remember how we, had, we all had our own little different ticks of stuff we do all the time? Yeah. You were a foul lure. Yeah. Pat, I was backlash.
0: Pat's cranking a leader into the line guys. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And, and then, your dad uh, was uh, throwing up into a tree. Oh, he always shore. threw into it. How about a pat? Oh yeah.
0: And it or wouldn't, like be, it a wouldn't bog be like over a, there. It wouldn't be like a foot above the water. No, I'm talking about the the trees, twenty five feet in the air, thirty feet off the shore, and he's got his line caught in it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we were fishing in the middle of the night, and we were close-ish to Nick, and you know you couldn't see any. Like when it gets dark up there, it it is dark. Like, yeah, especially oh, yeah. Black.
0: especially without a moon.
1: Yeah, yeah, like yeah. When when it's overcast, it is black black. Like you can't see anything but Nick's bombing these casts and he's doing well but he drifted in towards the whatever he was casting at and all of a sudden just whoosh, crash you know, yeah. you hear it crash up on a bog or reeds, but yeah. every time dad oh, does it, no. I do this thing now where I do the white socks.
0: You can put it on the oh, yeah yes. <laughs> Me and Bill do that shit to each other oh, yeah, too. Yeah. Anytime, like we were waiting for somebody to screw up so we could just hound them. We could just jump on it. Yep. You know, popped I will say though, it up. popped it up, you know, like when every now <laughs> and then you let go of a cast, it goes
1: straight up. That was from a video game, bottom of the ninth.
0: Yeah. I remember that. Pop.
1: Popped
0: it up. Popped it up. But it, ball it will, you know how every now You know how every now and then when you're when spinning, it just comes off your finger too soon, and it yeah. goes straight up. You're waiting for it to hit the boat.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> it doesn't happen often, but every now and then you're looking.
2: You're you like, can I hear go. it too. You can hear it from the other side of the boat. Popped it uh, up. Yeah.
0: Um, anyway, so the one thing I was going to say, obviously we've probably said it by now, but I say, bait cast is not a good light lure option. So you're going to be throwing – little eight ounce jigs or whatever ultralight
2: spinning reel all day
0: Well, that's what i was thinking about like so i was like which one do i like more and like honestly i'd have to say i like if i had to throw a cat if i had to throw all day i'd throw a bait cast all day over a bait or over a spinning reel if i had to cast all day
1: if you gave me one rod to do everything i would pick a bait caster as well because it's just it's not as versatile but um i don't know i just trust it more
0: I just, I, I just could not imagine going out jigging for a walleye with a baycaster. Like, it just doesn't come to mind. I, just,
1: can, I can't imagine throwing, you know, eight-ounce lures with a spinning reel.
0: Like, can you imagine crappie fishing with a with a bay cast? Oh, no, uh, it'd be a nightmare. You know? Like, uh, that's what I mean. Like just that spinning has its place, you oh, know? Yeah. I always bring a baycast. I never really leave home without one because it's like, oh, you know, I wish I brought that because I think they're better for trolling. You got – so there was one thing I put with line capacity. I meant to say this. With line capacity – and just because of line capacity, I think bait cast is better for trolling than spinning. Because oh. you, you can you can set out a three hundred yard and troll. The drag's more accurate and still have line well, left on the reel. And
2: you can get giant you can get giant bait cast reels that put, you know, stupid amounts of line on there. The as other well. cool yeah. thing
1: too is you can set your drag a little bit higher and then if your reel has a bait clicker. So you can have your spool I wouldn't
0: troll like that, but yeah, live, live baiting, yeah. I wouldn't troll with a bait clicker though. You'll just pull all the line out.
1: not if you set your drag high enough. I, I I listen to a lot of musky podcasts and that's like a huge thing
0: hmm I don't I'd rather I'd rather do light drag and no bay clicker than. so these guys dial it in and
1: they, when they're going too fast or they hit something their bay clicker rolls you know and they could stop it before yeah. it gets way out of hand
0: well oh, i I'd just be I'd be worried about relying on drag I guess you know mm-hmm or, like, relying on a heavy drag with a light bait clicker. I don't know. It just yeah, seems, you feel like
1: you'd strip out your drag if you caught something. It
0: just, something just seems like uh, it would go haywire in a second. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's just going to need to try it. But bait clickers for live baiting. Now, I've done that. Now, that's great. And then you hear, you
1: know, that's one cool advantage of a bait caster over a spinning is you can have a bait clicker. You can't have a bait clicker with a spinning cast.
0: Yeah, and that doesn't come with a lot, or a lot. Usually it's the big round reels. I've never seen Bay Clicker on a low profile, but that's just me. I don't buy high-end stuff, so maybe on high-end stuff it has it.
2: I have one, one low profile that has it, and I hate when I cast with it and I accidentally oh. click it on it. Yeah, as you're casting. Yeah. Oh I do
1: it on my Abu 5% of the time, which may not seem like much, but it is a lot. <laughs> so I'm sure that thing doesn't even click anymore.
0: So we said it last week with Braid. I know it came up. With braid, but uh with bait cast, there's no real light setup. There's no like there's a lighter than heavy setup, but there's not like a I'm gonna throw sixteen ounce jigs in a in a in a pile of sticks light, you know. No. You have to go to spinning. You get to a certain point, like spinning covers from very light to very heavy. Bait cast only goes from like medium to heavy, you know. I will say
1: I am throwing more and more uh like jointed crankbaits that are smaller, like really small, with a baitcaster and, and it's not you gotta, it's sometimes it's like you gotta whip it out there. It's not as accurate, but it gets the job done. I just like retrieving better with a baitcaster than I do. Oh, me some.
0: too. Yeah. I was actually, that was one of the things I find it easier to crank than a spinning reel. Like, the one thing I noticed is like, just like with it being on top and it's like a little circle versus like the bigger you get at a spinning reel, the bigger that, that handle gets. Mm-hmm. And you're more, you know, bigger
1: around. Like, so. you can meter uh, uh, a bait caster better than you can meter a spinning reel.
0: Yeah, but when it comes to throwing lures all day, like, you know, size for size, everything's even. I'd much rather throw a bait cast just because it's like thumb on the spool, thumb bar, click, you're free, throw it out there. Yeah, if we're talking big, you don't stuff, need two
2: hands to you know. Well, you switch hands and then you reel with your right. No, hand. No, I don't do that.
0: I don't, I don't. I'll never understand why people like. And <laughs> this drives me nuts. So everybody with a with a spinning reel reels on the left side, and then they get a bait cast, and all of a sudden, oh, you have to reel on the right side. I don't know. No, you don't. It's
2: just I how don't I get learned. It either
1: I think I, I did have an opinion about this before, and it's changed. So I'm not going to even say it. But uh, now I started out that way, spinning with the like changing hands and stuff like that. Now I do it, and I can do it, and I don't care.
2: So. I, just, I don't know. It's just how I learned. I must, I must have bought my first bait cast when it was on the right side, and that's how I learned. And now well, it's so
0: like, like, but that's a better explanation. Oh, you do it too?
2: I Yeah, I, I cast, and I on my bait cast, I crank with my right hand.
0: Yeah, that, so that must just
2: be a him thing. I, I think it's just how I learned. I just learned so I with on crank, the right
0: side. If, if I put a crank on a, on a spinning reel on the right side, you'd be pissed.
2: I'd be living. That's true. That's yeah. very true. So
0: why is that any different? But that's the cool part about spinning reels is you could change it. But I'm, I'm asking why is that? Why is everyone like, oh, well, it's bait Kiss. It's got to be on the right. Okay. No, I give just the like reason you, why. I just give you a hard time. I just I, I he likes do to it stir because... me up with this. He likes to get me all going because he knows it drives me nuts. I think
1: it was two worlds that evolved opposite of each other. So they said if you're a right hander, you crank with your right hand. You know,
0: like we went on that uh, with Nick. We went on that. Uh, that guided thing. I was actually starting to worry about the little trip that we're taking with that guide. i yeah. I'm like, I wonder if this idiot's going to have all his cranks on the right side of the, ro- on the reel. Oh, he's definitely going to. But we did that one out on Lake Michigan and all those cranks were on the right side. I almost didn't know what to do. Like I'm sitting around, I'm like, I'm like moving my, like the rods in my left hand and I'm like doing one of these with the rod. Cause every I time
2: I borrow one of your rods, I'm like, <laughs> I forget how to fish. Like, how do I? It's all uh, I
0: am. You put the crank on the right side, and I'm like, all of a sudden, I'm, it's kind of like that pat your stomach and yeah, rub your head exactly. You know, like, I don't know what, you know.
1: Or the, uh can you do this one?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. You hand me a rod with it on the left side. I'm like, unga bunga. Yeah. Like, I'm sitting
0: there, like, I got a lot of rhythm with my left, and it's like, I'm just, like, kind of cranking a rod around my. Yeah. yeah I hold the handle stationary <laughs> my right, and I'm like, cranking a rod. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, this is all screwed up. I can
1: do both. I'm not an I'm not an ambidextrous person, but I can do both when it comes to bait casting. I always
0: just I just never understood the logic there. And then you talk to somebody and they're trying to explain why why you go on the right side, and it's like all your reasons are stupid. Like you got to give me a uh, give me a why.
2: My reasons easy. That's how I learned. Like, the one guy
0: said, "I think the guy that invented bait cast just was left handed. <laughs> <laughs> could have been. You it could have been." Man. Um. That's the one thing about Baycast is it is older than spinning. Spinning came out in the recent future or recent past. I'm gonna say probably the forties or fifties. is probably you know, spincast was out there and then uh the Mitchell three hundred, I think, is what really revolutionized spinning. I have one, a Mitchell three hundred, I still have that one.
1: I gave mine to dad, I think.
0: But uh, bait cast, but you look at the bait cast, that's what Louis Spray caught his on. They were using them back in the 20s because, I mean, it's a very archaic way to fish. They, they've improved it, but back then there was just like, there was no, there was no release. One-to-one. You, one. <laughs> you Yeah, you casted that thing hard. Yeah, it was, it was just a glorified fly reel, mm-hmm. you know. Um. All right, so I got a couple more here. More likely to backlash on a bait cast,
1: right? I don't think I've ever backlashed
0: on a spinning. Uh. Well, so the, every time I was going to, I'm glad you said that because I would have forgot. You're talking more of a tangle.
2: It's more of like if you crank in like a twist or something, then it kind of gets a fluff in there. I think yeah, that's gets, the it gets it gets a thing. loop that the line has to run over now. Yeah, yeah. But, so,
0: I, but the one thing with the twisting is you get that twisting motion, and so as it comes in, it's like it's twisted this time, twist a little bit more time, twist a little bit more time, and then you throw one of those. I don't know how to describe it, but you throw a cast out there, and it sounds horrible. And then you look, and you almost got like a triangle coming off the spool. Yeah, you yeah, got a bird's nest. Yeah, and then so you got to pull it out, and then you got this blob, and then you like, try, hopefully,
2: hopefully you
0: could pull that out. Otherwise, yeah. you're retying wherever that knot, you just tightened up. And you pull and you is. a nice
2: knot and a loop in there. Oh, yeah, you are like,
0: yeah, you got this thing, and you're like, all right, maybe if I just pull slow, it'll come out. And then you just tighten the tightest little <laughs> knot down, and you're like, oh okay. and then so you're like, I'll deal with this. I'll deal with this. And then you throw a couple of casts, and you hear that knot going through the line guides every time. Yep. All right, looks like I'm retying. Looks like I'm cutting off 80 feet of line, and I'm retying right here, you know.
2: Meanwhile, I got this lure just sinking into some sticks, and you're like, "Oh no!" So uh,
0: when the one thing I threw in here, so when when you are good, at you're proficient at both. So we're we're out of the learner thing. You're good at both. I think it's easier to cast a bait cast than a spinning reel. I think it's uh
1: yes, because like you can throw the hardest cast and make it land two feet in front of you. Where it, with spinning, it's it's all about. How hard you cast it?
0: The one, the one thing a lot of people tell you with bait cast, I just don't find to be true. With just saying it, bl- just without too much context, is they say you can cast farther with a bait cast.
1: I don't buy that. I don't buy that. No. At all. And actually, you proved it. How is that? Ah, uh, when we were, um,
2: you have got your fifteen foot salmon kings. rod.
1: Yeah. When oh we were, yeah. Yeah. When we were fishing for kings. I'm like oh. I'll cast with my bait cast you all the way out there. And then you come out here and just give a little flick of the wrist. But
0: that's what I mean. So when you and when this it, thing takes off. Yeah. Yeah, I look like a shooting star with the glow in the dark spoons at night. It, uh, and we're waiting for it to land. Like I the rod's now at my side waiting for this thing to land. You know? And it's effortless. Yeah. Did you have mono on that? Yeah. I switched to braid. I got I got bit off three times that night and I switched to braid. Um I'm still gonna change some setups. But anyway, what I wanted to say with the cast farther. I think if you're casting really heavy stuff, yes, it casts farther, the, the better than the spinning, because I just don't have real heavy spinning setups, and yeah. they're kind of yeah. just like a big, I don't know, cumbersome thing to throw. And you don't have heavy rods for spinning reels. but right. Like right. super heavy rods. But uh, you, if you, like ounce for ounce on like a rod that's made for throwing this size jig and this size, you know, with this reel, with this size test, with a bait cast that's also equally set up, I don't see an advantage to either for casting distance. Distance. At ease, I like throwing a baitcaster more. But I'm talking about if you gave me a 16-th ounce jig and you gave me a 16-th ounce jig on a medium uh, uh, baitcaster, I'm going to throw it a lot farther with my spinning reel. What it comes down
1: to is resistance. And you spinning the spool is resistance just straight up.
0: But also pulling off a one that's not moving. There's also resistance around the end of the spool. So yeah, as it's peeling off, it's it's sitting or spinning around the that lip. That's you know? the cool
1: thing about spinning rods is or reels is that sometimes you could buy one with a smaller diameter on the top than it is on the bottom of the spool. Oh,
0: sure. And
1: sure. you remember that me and you had an eagle claw that we got for Christmas, like in the 90s. I was gonna
0: say I've had a couple like that and to me they just seem to promote line twist. They just seem to be like, uh, it's like, yeah, in theory, I see what they're mean, but it just seems like when you throw it, you just get a lot more blobs coming off. Like
1: everything or. just jumps off the
2: end of the spool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like all at once. And it's just like, a, like dad always said, a loop and a loop is a knot, you know, anytime you got a loop and a loop, it's a knot.
2: Yeah. The only argument I would have for casting distance is if you're throwing like really light stuff, then you're going to throw a spinning. Well, that's that's what I'm saying. The yeah. spinning
1: has less resistance across the board. Yeah. You know, because the, the line is just peeling right off of the spool. Yep. Whereas with the cast, you actually have to spin the spool, and that takes energy to just spin the spool.
0: Right. You, like, for instance, let's just take a spoon, all right? So you give me a three-quarter-ounce spoon, all right? And then you give me a low profile on a medium-action rod, a medium-action rod. I throw that. It's going to go pretty far. I'm going to mm-hmm. bomb that thing. You give me now a sixteenth ounce spoon on an ultralight with a... Uh, an ultralight real ultralight rod with a sixteenth a ounce spoon. I'm going to throw that about as good as that bait cast. Maybe not as far, just because of just simple math of not being able to throw something that far. Yeah. But it's going to be optimal casting distance with oh, that for setup. Sure.
1: Well, d- you did the Billy Hayes sale to me when we were doing the salmon fishing because I went out there with my bait caster thinking I'd be able to throw bombs. But we were throwing the exact same thing. You You did have a longer rod, but yours was so much easier to just do the same thing. Oh yeah,
0: and then the other thing too is it's a lot more sensitive, you know. But uh, oh yeah, that's a nine foot casting rod, those salmon rods. But man, I, I that I wish you saw the channel we were talking about. It almost got across the channel. Man, Pat's looking. He's like, and then you tried it, and it worked for you. It wasn't like I was like some yeah, skilled caster. You no, know?
1: you are a very skilled caster. I can't. It. The one thing about spinning is you got to nail the release point. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Whereas bait casting, you can kind of get away with releasing your thumb at different times,
0: a little bit easier. Well, one thing, like, uh, spinning's a lot more forgiving in that, like you say, with loading up. So, like, when you, in your back cast, if you get that little slack before you go tight, you've got a backlash. You've mm-hmm. got a backlash. Like, if you, if, when you're reaching back with a baitcaster, caster, if if, if if, any point that little line is dangling off goes slack and you snap it forward, backlash. Done. Guaranteed so, backlash. That's
1: the big hang up with spinning versus bait casting is if you've got a guy that's been spinning for 30 years and then you teach him bait casting, he's naturally loading up and you couldn't convince him to do otherwise.
2: You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm still like that.
1: Where and so you transfer that right over to bait casting, and he's going to backlash every time because he has this whipper snap at the end of his cast.
2: Whipper snap, I like but, that.
0: But it's, it's, I know yeah. exactly what you're
2: talking about. Yeah.
0: yeah. To kind of start wrapping this up because I feel like we're starting to repeat each other. But like I prefer to throw if I'm going to be casting all day, I'm going to be out on the water today for 12 hours casting and retrieving. I prefer a bait cast, but you'll never see me do jigging without a spinning rail. Yeah, yeah I no, agree wholeheartedly.
1: There's no setup you can give me to throw a eighth ounce jig. With with bait casting. There is no setup that you can give me where I can so throw you're a twist confident.
2: or two. No. Yeah, spinning all no day. Way.
0: But like for instance, uh that salmon fishing, like that is an that's an instance where you're going for very large fish without a bay caster. And the advantage is, is cause you've got to cast a mile. You know? So that's what I mean. Like when I and that is like one of the instances when I was thinking, man, I just don't see bait casts. As ca-. You read a bunch of people's opinions, they'll tell you, bait casts, cast farther. And I just don't believe that. No, I don't. But that's the one instance, one of the most powerful fish we have here in the Midwest, you're going to go after it with a light reel. You have to. There's no option. You're throwing light stuff. You if know? you're
1: going from shore. I think that whole conversation changes when you're in a boat.
0: I mean, I don't cast any further from a boat than I do on shore. No, I I'm just if you're saying like trolling that, or anything.
1: Like you need to, you need to cast further when you're on shore because you're trying to cover so much more ground with just standing in the same place. Whereas the biggest boat- thing
0: is you're you're going after migrating fish in a large area, so the more line you have out, the better chances you have of crossing migrating fish. It's not about spooking or nothing. It's the fact that you're trying to cover as much that they can see as possible. You yeah, know? and
1: you were like with the, your setup that night, you were literally covering the entire area that we had to fish well see
0: there's another idea we could do we could do long rods versus short rods that's another versus you know we'll come out we'll leave it a surprise for next week then chew on a little bit i like the next these week. versus episodes i
2: like kind of the verses
0: too and i figured with springtime coming if somebody's trying to buy something they might run into podcast and be like oh okay you sold me on bait cast because i plan on casting retrieving large baits all day or spinning because spinning, i'm gonna do yeah. most of my jigging you know but like if i had to go soft plastic right now and i know you see a lot of bass masters with the bait cast but if i me personally I had to go do a bunch of soft plastics. I'm taking my medium light spinning rod all day. Let mm-hmm.
1: me let me add one more thing, and then I'll shut up. For large spinning setups, you wear out the tip of your index finger throwing large setups with the spinning reel. You just wear it out because you're you're holding all that weight with your finger and then snapping it at the end.
0: Yeah, I think that. But just like anything else, I think you get you eventually toughen it up by. No,
1: I mean you toughen it up, but at the same time, like it that will make you stop fishing just because it you, you can't really feel the line anymore
0: Well, here, you know what you're going you know, we missed a big one for bait cast versus spinning so that, that and that just brought it up so the another disadvantage to bait cast is your hands are always wet. you oh, always right. have wet hands so when you're cold yeah. weather you're you're gonna have cold hands you know't even
2: think of that your hands are always wet with a bait cast so
0: but like he's saying the fingers were out from casting, well you, then you got to deal with wet hands on the other one. You know, which is not a problem to me because like my, with fly fishing and all that, it, your hands are wet anyway. Yeah, when you, you know. see
1: wet braid peeling off of a bait caster, it's throwing a mist.
0: Yeah. But even your hands just right there just, you know, the whole time with, you know, you even got to touch the wet line, you know. Yeah. But uh, so that's another one. Anyway, let's wrap this up because, uh, yeah, we're about we're about good on time there. So I don't want to bore everybody. Anything else you got to say? I you
1: hope know? we didn't leave people confused. Uh, to, to me, spinning versus bait casting is all about size.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's all about application. Okay, uh, jigging on the bottom and forty feet of water, and uh, casting and retrieving all day. Those are the two. Yep. You know, heavy versus light again. You're between the lines. Yeah. Um, anything else, Bill? No. No, what, sorry, I was late. What, what's your? Uh, no, nah, you weren't late. We moved this up an hour. I even I told Pat, I said we moved this up an hour on accident. He he texted me. I was at the gym this morning. He texted me right at six. I could be there at seven if you want. Cause I, I, I'll tell you, I overbooked today. I screwed up. This is my fault today. Uh, a couple of things I forgot about. So I'm like, yeah, let's do it. You know, I'll text Bill if he makes it. He makes it. If not, whatever.
2: I just set my. I was going to well, shower and just spin. And... He texted me late last night saying, "Hey,
1: I've got a super busy day. Got to be here at eight, no exceptions." And I'm thinking, well, maybe I can make it easier by just showing up an hour. Right oh yeah, I, yeah. So.
0: so he texted me when he got up this morning. I'm like, yeah, I was working out. I went and did another mile, and then I was, I was back here ready to go. Yeah, no Good worries. No. So anyway, uh, any comments, questions, uh, email us at themidwestfrontier at gmail.com or the Whistle Mission address still works, obviously.
1: Oh, uh, that was the one thing that we missed. Um, I'm an hour early, okay? Mark it on your calendar. And uh, yeah, that's true. An hour
0: early without me going there and throwing a five-gallon bucket of water in a space. So that, yeah. that is impressive. That that's is the awesome. only other – I can only think, too, but Pat, wake up to an alarm clock or I got to go soak him with the garden hose. Golf clap.
1: Here at the <laughs> – here at the Midwest Frontiers, we, we, we turn over new rocks, and that's,
0: that's what I'm doing. There we so, go. Yeah, we're reloading bullets, and we're waking up early, baby. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so that's it. Thank, Thank you right. for listening. Thank Thanks. you.